0: Big D Entertainment in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions presents The Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations, a true lover of arts, entertainment, good food and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels okay so a few Jack Daniels here he is Dave Holly.
1: welcome to Empire arts and entertainment lovers to episode 162 as per usual great guests and conversations on the way but first a wee bit of news I yes Not only will I report on this and tell you about it, but I will be in it. I am going to be uh, on the Premier Playhouse stage in mid February as part of the Premier's premieres, playing the part of radio personality Ray Davenport. Typecasting at its best, yes. Uh, As for the great guests in this show, in a few minutes we talk with singer songwriter Danica Michaels. Later in the hour, we hear from comedian Ian. Ryland smith plus we'll tell you who gets this week's honorable mention as well as draw for another winner of pizza with a podcaster but first let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show time to grab your favorite beverage lift it high and toast it to being thursday aka weekend eve
2: Hey, the
3: weekend isn't around the corner, it's here!
1: So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday. So a day early, we start the party. Oh, lift him high, whether it's a mug of beer, a flute of champagne... A nice goblet of wine, a good decent, remember when that used to be the size glass that you could get a decent highball drink, or it's your cup of coffee, hot chocolate, whatever it may be, is mostly going to be dependent upon what time of the day you happen to be listening, huh? But lift them all up high to good neighbors and lending a hand we had a week-long snowstorm last week didn't we and it just uh, it got to be a pain in the you know what but many of us wouldn't have made it literally out of our driveways in some cases if it hadn't been for the help of neighbors our neighbor cameron has a snowblower well we have one that should be arriving now today because uh, he's going to be gone for a while since he's a state legislator. But the uh, young ladies that live down below us also pitched in with shoveling snow and helping move cars and everything. And then all the people that you would see helping others out during the snowstorm, helping them get wherever they needed to be and so forth. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody that pitched in lended a hand and just made life in the snowy sioux falls south dakota area a little bit easier to get through all right so thank you all but right now it's time to pick a lucky winner of pizza with a podcaster everyone that follows the dave holly hour on facebook or instagram is automatically entered to win a free pizza from sunny's pizzeria we draw a winner each week this week, we say congratulations to Meg Cook. We'll be in touch with you, Meg, to get you all set up with some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with a Podcaster, brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria, right across from USF at 26th and Waltz, and Sunny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, Sonny's Pizzeria dot com honorable, honorable mention. mention all right what made me smile, what made me laugh what made me fall, or whatever you need or just made me smile, you know, something that felt good, heartwarming and everything this past week was uh, to the audition process to everybody that auditions for a show because not everybody gets in one, um, I just happened to get lucky enough that I'm I'm in one of the two premier premieres that are going to take place and uh, am thankful for that. And but still thankful for everybody that tries out, um, you know, those people, everybody gets a pat on the back that takes their time to give of their gifts to hopefully be in a show to give up their gifts even more. So for everyone that auditions, for everyone that helps out for playwrights. Whomever it may be, thank you. This applause is for all of you. Thank you for being in the theater mode and uh, in the arts and entertainment community. Later in the hour, Ian Ryland Smith talks about his love of comedy. But coming up next, the very talented Danica Michaels tells us her story as a singer-songwriter on the Dave Holly Hour.
0: That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964.
4: Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does, while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. He's a bit flirtatious, but most of all, fun. Once again, here's Dave Hawley.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I hope you are having yourself a wonderful week. I Hopefully, you've been able to get out of some of the snow from last week. Uh, here at the Dipsy Doodle Production Studios, uh, the front drive is still a little wicked, despite how much we've tried, but that's okay, because guess what comes in today? Yes, our snowblower. <laughs> we get it. It will be arriving in the driveway very soon, hopefully so we can take care of uh, some of all that junk that's been out there but you know what it didn't stop some fun stuff from taking place over the past few weeks despite all the snow despite the fact that a guest of late night boomin' had to be delayed two different months so finally we had the opportunity to close out the first season and uh so sean Covell uh and he, he's a he's a big wig when it comes to motion pictures now uh but uh, anyway and he'd be very humble and say no i'm not uh but uh he, sean's a great guy but the highlight that evening for me was meeting this lovely lady across the table from me danica michaels how are you you
2: are too kind i'm so good how are you oh if
1: i were any better i'd be twins
2: oh well. <laughs>
1: yeah but you know back when i weighed 420 pounds most people thought i was twins it
2: happens well congratulations <laughs> on your weight band. loss oh thank you <laughs>
1: that's exciting oh you're exciting though oh. my goodness gracious you hit the stage and it's just one of those things that people's ears immediately perk up you uh, are a singer-songwriter. I am. Uh, you also, you know, plunk away on that guitar. I'm trying. Anything else that you play in you terms know, of musical I, instruments?
2: I grew up on piano. On piano, okay. So many years of piano. But then mm-hmm. once I found my niche in country music, I'm like, shoot, I picked the wrong <laughs> instrument. I should have went with guitar. So now a I'm-
1: a sh- or a banjo. Something
2: with strings, you know, <laughs> not keys. But that's okay. You know, we always figure it out. I just started- to learn guitar this past year. So no I'm a little behind, but I'm actually picking up pretty quick just with my music background. Yeah. I've been able just to kind of pick up and we're making progress.
1: And are you at this point playing by ear or are you actually taking lessons?
2: Oh I I I have to take lessons. Okay. I tried the whole let's try YouTube videos and teach myself. Right. Didn't go too hot. Or so, the, uh,
1: what's what's a game, Guitar Hero or something? Yeah, Guitar
2: Hero, I mean, I play Guitar Hero, but it's just not the same. It's
1: not it, huh? <laughs> and how many blisters do we have on our fingers? You know,
2: I honestly, I was surprised. I think it's, you know, I'm into fitness as well. Right. And I feel like I have good nutrition and good training. And for some reason, I never had calloused fingers. Wow. I think there's a lot to just having maybe Being some strong- health, huh? Yep, good health, yeah. strong skin, and I really didn't have any issues with callous fingers, so I'm really thankful.
1: All right, so what age was it that, uh, was it mom that made you play piano? Yeah, it was. Yeah.
2: I come from a musical family, and okay. my mom's side is the musical family. All right. They all play piano. Some of them do play by ear. They can literally pick up any instrument and just play it. I'm
1: so jealous of those people. A
2: little bit jealous. Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, hard work pays off. So mom got me on piano probably when I was... I don't know, six, seven years old. And I how long, hated it. <laughs> okay.
1: How long did it last before you, as you uh, said earlier, found your niche with country music? Oh,
2: gosh. So it's it's quite the journey. I honestly thought I was going to be a pop singer. I thought I mm-hmm. wanted to be like Jennifer Lopez. I was going to be in L.A. I was going to be in Hollywood. And I left South Dakota with my music degree and I went to Las Vegas, City of Entertainment, And I'm chasing my pop star dream, you know, living the life. And I slowly but surely slowed down and wanted to come back to my country roots. And so after five years of doing Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. came back to South Dakota and I just wanted to start anew. I wanted to kind of rediscover who I was. Um, And I knew that was country music. I felt like I could be me. I felt like I could be genuine and real, authentic. I didn't want to get caught up in the whole famous thing. Uh, so I knew country music, I could do that. I could sing about anything that I wanted to, and I wouldn't be, you know, I can sing about morals and values, and it's okay.
1: Were you already writing songs?
2: I was. I was writing with my vocal coach in Las Vegas, and we do have a few songs I should read, I should put them out because they were actually really great pop songs. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was writing with her, so I understood the whole writing process, and I learned a lot from Heather Kofalis, my vocal coach. Um, but then when I came back, I wanted to start a country music project, so we still do that where we'll... FaceTime or Zoom and really try to get these country hits out to you. And
1: so get the collaboration going and so forth. But exactly. But as you were, you said you were writing some pop hit or not pop hits necessarily, but pop songs. Exactly. Uh, but were you also already at that point even kind of realizing that it was going to go back to country?
2: You know, not, not at that time because I really tried. I really tried. I have a music video and, you know, my... <laughs> I had a different name at that time. So, Danielle DeMonico was my pop star name. And I was really trying. It, Were you guys. going back you can to the YouTube 70s. Me. I know. It's, a, it's actually DeMonico. De DeMonico De is a wine. <laughs> and I love wine. So, DeMonico is where we got the name. Um, but you can YouTube and you'll see great music videos, great music. And I'll be honest, it's expensive. And you do become oh, poor and broke as a musician sometimes. So, that was yeah. part of it too, where I was like, I'm putting a lot into this and I wasn't seeing the return and the doors kind of kept closing and I'm like, I just got to go home for a minute and catch my breath. And then I started again to kind of realize that at heart, I'm the country girl. I grew up on country music. That is my daddy's choice of music. I hated it. He just would sit in the garage listening to the oldest country music. I hated every song. But then, as I got older, and I like to say maybe wiser, I kind of opened my mind to, mm-hmm. oh, this is actually the music I absolutely love. It makes me feel at home.
1: Yeah. I was very fortunate uh, when I grew up that um, we had a band teacher, uh, and uh, he would be very much like you know Mr. Holland's Opus uh, in yes. terms of if before he passed, if there would have been that type of gathering and so forth. Wow, it would have been a lot like that. But uh, uh, when he was, um. In his last week of life I went to the hospital to see him and he had just had a a biopsy done in his mouth so it's filled with cotton Mm. Uh, but he could still smile and you could see twinkle in his eyes and I told him I said you know Tom I said all the stuff that I ever got from athletics in high school is long gone but there is one thing that stays in my office from 1981 and that is the louis armstrong jazz award wow that you gave me
2: amazing
1: and i said the other thing is anytime anybody ever finds out i've been in radio they always ask oh, what's your favorite music and i've <laughs> never wavered good because he taught us such great appreciation for Absolutely. everything and uh what I, what i find out at least in, in my life now as i'm uh You know, uh, 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 six decades old, uh, that uh, I now have even a a greater appreciation of songs that I didn't appreciate growing up. Absolutely. And uh, I will hear something now and go, you know, that really was a good tune. Uh, Why did I have some sort of bias against it? And I was that way with country. Yeah. Uh, You know, because I. Uh, you know, had visions of uh, being a rock and roll DJ and yes. all this. And the, the first place I get to play any type of music was in an old-fashioned AM down in Sioux City, Iowa, <laughs> uh, you know, where it was uh, all the instrumentals and so forth. But at least I love jazz, so we had that going. But then, you know, when I really started to get some good jobs, uh, country, country, oh, uh-huh. ah, I'm going to be the country station. There you go. And, you uh, Got to enjoy a really good part of country uh, in the mid to late 80s. Yes. Before it became all the hot country that it has now. (laughs) And uh, I karaoke a lot. And uh, my wife says, you know, she says, I'm surprised you don't sing more country songs because you love story songs. Mm -hmm. What is it about country music you love then?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you were just saying, the story is amazing. You can tell such great stories. Um, You know, songwriting is such a craft, and you can really... So Dodge the Bullet is my single, Mm -hmm. and I always tell people I wasn't so much of a writer until I wrote that song. Uh, It was therapy for me because I was going through, like, a hard time, and you can tell your story, and you can do so much through a song, and I just really through that process, learn that, that I could share my heart, share my life, share my story. And in turn, you're impacting other people because they've felt those things right. as well. And it's just this whole way just to connect with people. It's just a, it's a really beautiful thing.
1: All right. So aside from dodge at your own tune, uh, who do you like oh, when it comes gosh. to listening to country music?
2: I love so many. And it's like (laughs) to narrow it down. I mean, Dolly Parton is just. How can you not? How could you not? I mean, just all around person in general. I love her Mm -hmm. for her, just who she is. But how she wrote her songs, I try to even sing like nine to five. And I'm like, how did she craft that song? And just she has such a cool sound to her voice that it's hard to duplicate Dolly. Like, she's just amazing. But like I said, I grew up on some of the oldest stuff from Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings. I mean, the old, old. And like you were saying, country has shifted so much from the 80s to the 90s to today. It's very pop today. And I understand that. I can connect very wholeheartedly with people that might not like today's pop country and Mm -hmm. they like that older style. I get it. Um, I appreciate both. I understand the pop, but sometimes I'm like, Ooh, is that country? Right. You know? So I really try to bring in more of that country sound, you know, it's important just to keep that authenticity of the sound yeah. because it, I mean, sometimes you listen to, to a song like we were just saying, and it, it ain't country. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's why I always loved my crossover that helped me get into yes. enjoying country more was Southern rock.
2: Absolutely. And, a, you know, 38 countries...
1: Special, uh, um, yep. you know, Leonard Skinnerd, Yep. And, of course, a guy that was truly more country than Southern Rock is my hero, uh, the wonderful Charlie Daniels. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> well, that's the
2: thing. Country is very uh rock country rock is a very strong basically started that way yeah yes um even you listen to a lot of Carrie Underwood and she is rocking in her songs but she's another one of the art of country artists that I really do look up to I just you cannot duplicate that voice she is gifted and when you see her sing oh my that girl is quite the talent (laughs) there's
1: only one thing I don't like about her what's that And people uh, can't see this, but she taps the microphone with her full Ah, hand every single song, every single measure. (laughs)
2: She does. does. You know that you say that. I do see that. You do see it. We all have our things, and that's one thing. Stage presence. It. That's a learning. Well, In itself. you
1: know, the, the thing that always amazes me is, like, I can't believe she doesn't have a producer that hasn't said something that about called that her out her or on it. I know, one because time, but I that, get coached on those things, yeah, too. I mean, uh, but I, I bet the producer's also going, you know, I'm making half a mil a year <laughs> just being her producer. I'm good. That's right. <laughs> Pick and choose your battles. <laughs> exactly. Right.
2: Oh, gosh. Yes.
1: What is it that you haven't written that you want to?
2: Oh, my goodness. That is such a good... And, you know, I, I talk about this with... um. People in my life, because a lot of the songs are, they come from a place right now uh, of, you know, uh, being a girl that is upset because someone broke their heart. And mm-hmm. I'd like to write more like, you know, positive songs that maybe are about joyful things in life. And I, I have a lot of joy in my life. I'm a very happy person. So I need to take the time to write from that place because I think it's so easy when you're angry or you're sad to write. But you need to write about like the good too, you know, (laughs) because there is so much good. But like you always hear about the heartbreak song, right? So I got to get out of that heartbreak song. And I do, and I'm hoping that this uh, winter, early spring, we'll be recording a song that I do sing at a lot of my shows that mm-hmm. has really taken off oh, good. Um, and it needs to be recorded. And I think it needs to be heard by more people and it is a very positive song. It's not a heartbreak song. So we got to get that recorded and hopefully out to the listeners here this spring or summer.
1: All right. So you've got that uh, uh, coming up, but what else is there for you in terms of the writing? Do you, how many things are you writing at this time that you've, you know, had the ideas you've jotted them down and, and how you're starting to find some lyrics, some tone to it. Mm -hmm. How many of those are in the hopper?
2: You know, it's, um, if I could open my phone to you right now, there are (laughs) hundreds, hundreds of songs. And when you start writing, you just go and you go and you go. And, you know, you might be going about your day and all of a sudden you hear a phrase on the TV or you hear something in your mind. You just have to document. Like I'm Mm -hmm. constantly noting, documenting any phrases, any lyrics, any melody idea. I'm recording it into my voice note onto my phone. Yeah. I have so much in my phone I haven't even gotten to, and it takes a lot of time. You know, it's you're trying to work full-time and do music on the side. I mean, it's just a lot to balance, so it would be amazing if you could do music full-time because then you would have the time to actually bring these songs to life.
1: Yeah. Do you wish to do music full-time again?
2: It It's the dream. It's the dream. It's the dream, yeah. but it's—we'll see. You just don't know. It's— a lot of people try to make it the dr- their dream, and I'm never going to quit, and I've had so many amazing opportunities this past year, and we'll just kind of see where the road leads. If it doesn't pan out that I do music full-time, I know I'll be using it forever. Right. Um, but, you know, if you can make it and you can, you know, lock that in as your full-time gig, I mean, that would be amazing.
1: Favorite lyric out of a song, any song. Gosh. Name the song and then give us the lyric. <laughs> And I'll give you mine.
2: Yeah, you should maybe go first because I gotta think about this. Okay. So I'm like the worst at um, but yeah, you you go with yours. Right. I might even have to look it up because I was just saying the other day about this one lyric, and let me just think about okay. it. Okay, well you yeah, think yeah, yeah. on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mine is uh, Glenn Campbell mm-hmm. from the Wichita Lineman. I want you more than need you, and I need you for all time.
2: That's that is so good.
1: Yeah. It's so good. Is, and I got to interview him one time. Did you? Yes. And uh, I, I started off with, what does it take to have a hit? And right out of the shoot, he says it has nothing to do with the artist. It's everything to do with the songwriter. And it's... he said, I happen to have one of the best. And Jimmy Webb, definitely.
2: It's so good. And yeah. if I can just pivot for just a second, the songwriters are really who should be getting a lot of the
1: credit. Rewards, yes.
2: And If y'all, so wherever you're listening, we're here in South Dakota, but uh, there's a town called Deadwood, South Dakota, Mm -hmm. and they do a songwriters festival every year. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but it's called the Wild West Songwriters Festival, Uh, and I was able to be a part of it a couple years ago, and that was the first time I sat down and I saw writers rounds of all the songwriters singing their hits, you know, that they wrote for Rascal Flatts, for Carrie Underwood. I mean, these are the true artist behind the music. Right. And it, it's a craft. Like, it's a true craft. And so we actually brought that same concept here to Sioux Falls last year. And we were able to get some people in from Nashville. And um, we need to give songwriters more credit. You know, it's an amazing thing that they're doing. And it just takes a singer then just to sing it beautifully and deliver it to the radio. Yeah, so. and,
1: and, you know, that's one of the things is, uh, you know, on this show, you're not going to hear me interview anybody that uh, has come to Sioux Falls as part of a big tour i'm right. not going to have anybody that's performing out at the denny sanford i want to have people that are performing down at our wine bar oh, yes. or whatever venue they can get into and and that's what i love to focus on especially since so many of you are singer songwriters mm-hmm. and so we're getting to hear more original things exactly. and uh, and then to to follow on social media and see you know some kudos that comes their way and yep you know, some accolades that are just like, wow. And you know, that person is, uh, somebody is real that's here. They're not uh, surrounded by an entourage. Exactly,
2: exactly. And I feel like in country music, that was so important to me because I wanted to be real and authentic. And I didn't want to be like this puffed up like celebrity. I don't want that. I just want to be like, I'm just an everyday person that can sing. And so I'm going to sing for you. I don't want this to become like this whole celebrity thing um and to your point we have so much great local talent oh, in this city it's phenomenal crazy and thank you for highlighting that yeah. because you know not everyone makes it quote unquote makes it right. but we can still use our gifts and talent and do great things
1: no doubt and it's uh, wonderful that you provide that and, and give of that gift as well thank you uh so great to uh, have been on the same stage as well, with it's you so fun uh, musical and- chairs was fun yes <laughs> Some guy in a wheelchair won it, though. <laughs> I
2: know. How did that I really happen? thought I was the winner, and I, then I it's know okay. you did. Yeah? No hard no hard feelings.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. You know, because Mr. Potter has quite the sensitive side to him, despite okay. his gruff exterior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's> no problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, obviously, for you, then, when it comes to being a songwriter, the songwriting part comes first. Because I quite often will say, okay, when you're putting together a song uh is it the you know melody that hits you at some point you're just having this little riff go through and then you figure out some lyrics or but uh it sounds like you hear that lyric first
2: yeah it can go and it can go both ways honestly every song is different Mm -hmm. um like i'll hear the phrase or i'll have a phrase and i'll jot that down but then a lot of the times a great melody will come into my head and then I'll just start placing some lyrics with the melody and it just kind of comes together. I mean, it's really a creative process. It, there's there is structure and there can be structure to it, but it can be very organic too. And I tend to be more organic and then when I collaborate with people that will co-write with me, we'll get down and really structure out like specific lyrics right. and maybe we got to tweak the melody here or there to make it better or to fit the lyric better. Yeah. So So
1: speaking of lyrics, did you determine what it is?
2: I Okay, let me think on this. And I hate being put on the spot because (laughs) I have to.
1: There's so many. There's so many.
2: And I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day that, oh my gosh, that lyric is so good. And now I can't think of it. Honestly, right-, <laughs> right now I have Isn't It Ironic by Alanis Morissette really? in my head. I don't know why, yeah. but again, the brain, for some reason I get random songs in my head, but One Hand in My well, Pocket. Well, there, there's always
1: those uh, little <laughs> things that you, you know, might have heard and not even realized you heard. Exactly. Uh, and they pop up yes. from time to time. I must have heard some Alanis that'll drive you crazy. Because, yes. you know, sometimes they're not songs you like that that yes. happens with.
2: yes. I'm a big Kelsey Ballerini fan. She has Mm -hmm. a new song out called, um, I think it's called With What I Have, maybe. But it just talks about the simplicity of life. And I like her lyric. um, I got a Jeep. I got a dog. I got what they say. or I got what they call a dream job. Um, I'm doing all right with what I have. Basically, the simplicity of life is really what, makes you whole as a person mm-hmm. and the whole like song the lyrics if you all, if you all look it up because i just botched it pretty good uh <laughs> just look it up and read it and i just think it's very powerful on how like and that's what country music i think you can just really talk about your jeep your dog the lake the right you know the good old country life and that just the, the gravel roads the gravel road yeah. i mean that's all you need right
1: <laughs> yeah very true it doesn't take a lot to. it doesn't uh, take a lot and the the other thing that i've always loved about music is the fact that you will hear something that was popular 30 years, 40 years Mm -hmm. ago and that memory hits and you can go back to the, and pinpoint where you were when you first heard it. Yes. yes. I think of that with a minute by minute by the Doobie brothers. Love it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Well, uh, driving
1: an old four door (laughs) red cutlass of my parents. I was 16 thinking I was really cool.
2: Oh, love it. I've had songs like I lost a grandparent. Um, uh when i was very young and When beneath my wings was that Bette midler oh Bette midler that yeah. was in his funeral and so i was in <laughs> second grade and that song would continuously play in my head even in second right. grade and it actually made me so sad and I probably would still make me very sad to this day but i just remember that song will completely connect me back to that moment yeah. when i lost my grandfather so yeah, yeah music is a, powerful it's
1: it very powerful mm-hmm. and uh, all forms of it and uh, all genres Although Absolutely. there are some genres I don't like as much as others, but <laughs> I, agree. Uh, I, I, do. I still try to find something yes. good out of yes. it. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, I'll, I'll bring this up as well. Yeah. One of the other things that is so great about music, um, like right now, and I, I hinted toward this earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, I can hear a song now and appreciate it that I didn't. Yep. And uh, my good friend, Mike Hendrickson always says, uh, you know, that uh, live music is good for the soul, mm. and that's so true. It's so true. Uh, I happen to be in a, uh, another podcast uh, that actually does a live stage show called Midtown Coffee Radio Hour. Right. And uh, I just do the MC stuff and introduce the mm-hmm. band, and I get to sit there on this stage and look over at these talented people mm-hmm. and watch them, first of all, smile and have such a great time because it's true joy that's on their faces because they are in their element they are in what brings them happiness and then i'll look back and the drummer tyson is back there and he'll just be smiling the whole time and he'll give me a little wink like yeah isn't this cool yeah i love it (laughs) yeah yeah Um, Yeah.
2: and you see that with diehard people that tour like some people, how many times has, I feel like Garth Brooks said he's going to retire and then he comes back yeah. with another tour. These people, they live and breathe music and they, and even like George Strait, I'm a huge George Strait fan. We just went and saw him uh, a few months ago down in Nebraska and he, he's, he's going to do it until the day he dies. Yeah. I swear. Cause you cannot give up what you love like it is just a part of their soul and it's a part of me too but like that's at a whole level where Mm -hmm. where they're touring all over the world and it's just in them
1: yeah uh and you know uh oh george Strait, Mm. amarillo by morning is one of my karaoke faves i love going to that one uh and the chair too oh my gosh don't even get me started (laughs) but but back to you know uh live music part uh is they do a lot of songs that i've maybe heard once sure and passed it off on the radio but then I hear them play it live and it's Mm -hmm. like that's better than hearing it on the radio absolutely and there's just such emotion that can come through and yes and everything that you feel get all those vibes
2: oh my goodness yeah Zach Brown band oh man
1: he's (laughs) got some cool stuff
2: oh man have you seen him live I have
1: not seen it live
2: just like drink some coffee or whatever you do for some energy because it takes like it's so intense but amazing you're like how do they do this night after night it is just in your face intense like they bring it to a whole different level from from the album from the recordings zach brown band live wow
1: (laughs) well i'll have to keep my eye out for that one then uh so when people come see you what can they expect
2: you know i like to have a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and just a lot of you know, I, I want to connect with you. I want it just to be a good time. You know, it's a lot of these shows, you can grab a drink and you can just be with your friends. And that's what it's all about. I just want to bring God life. Bless it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to bring life. And it's, you know, if it's a Friday night or if it's a Wednesday night, we're going to party and we're going to have a good time.
1: Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, So tell me when you are not, uh, these are my traditional two questions at the end. Perfect. Uh, When you are not part of the arts and entertainment scene, what do you enjoy being entertained by?
2: Ooh, that's not arts and entertainment? No, that that, that is arts arts and
1: entertainment. What do you like to be entertained by?
2: I am not, I I will first say what I'm not entertained by. (laughs) Is that bad?
1: Not at all. Because right
2: away I'm thinking, like, I'm just not a screen person, so I don't spend, like, time watching movies. It's mm-hmm. been very, me and my boyfriend, my boyfriend loves movies. I do not, and so if I'm going to be entertained, it has to be something live, and it can't be music. Is is that fair? It, That's fair. Or it can be music.
1: It can be music, too. Oh, it can be
2: music. I you Every country show or any, I wouldn't say any genre, but m- most country shows, you will see me there. You know we have some great acts. We have some. We have Kenny Chesney coming to town. We have Blake Shelton coming to town. And of course, I already have my tickets. But <laughs> I am a live concert junkie.
1: All right, good for you. Mm-hmm. All right, what about hobbies?
2: Hobbies. I. I. I'm a big fitness junkie. I work out every day except the weekends. I take the weekends off, but I'm really into health and fitness.
1: Would you do that for me then too? (laughs) You know, do my workouts? I'll try to squeeze one in for you. Yeah, (laughs) Thank you. Because I'm trying to squeeze into other things. Oh, I know. It's not easy. (laughs) But
2: fitness, I love to travel. Like if I can Mm -hmm. break away and just get to a beach in the winter and in the summer, we're on the lake, that is my happy place.
1: Good for you. Mm -hmm. Well, my happy place is being behind a microphone and looking across the table and Having a wonderful person such as you, you too, sit down here Thank and uh, get to know you a little bit better and let everybody else. Uh, one of the things I always tell guests is the fact that, okay, yeah, when you have an event coming up in town, you will get on all 16 of the commercialized radio station licenses in town for about uh, three to five minutes each time. Mm, uh, nice. This was, what, fastest 27 minutes to your life? Absolutely. It was a quick mm-hmm. one. Fantastic. <laughs> it was so much fun. All right. Pleasure It was a here. blast. Thank you so much, Thank Danica. Thank you. So much Appreciate fun. it. And we'll be back. Comedian Ian Ryland-Smith is coming up next Sioux Falls. Sure, they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends, enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnson's, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others and a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T-South Dakota.
4: Time for more arts and entertainment talk on the Dave
0: Holly Hour.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Always a pleasure to talk Land, Sioux Empire, arts and entertainment. And it's even better when we, well, he's not, technically a first-time guest no. because he has been on before in a big group after a picnic but first time in studio as a solo guest comedian ian Ryland smith how are you
3: i'm doing pretty well dave how Glad about you to hear
1: that if i were any better i'd be twins wow yeah and back when i weighed 420 pounds most people thought i was twins
3: i weigh about 420 pounds right now
1: <laughs> big lunch
3: well yeah. We went to Perkins Sunday. <laughs> oh,
1: no kidding.
3: Yeah, it's that'll uh, for the for the normie listeners it's Thursday, but for us Right, it's Sunday, but it's, uh, yeah, every yeah, Sunday, Every Sunday I go recording. to I go to Perkins and I oh, it's a I traditional chow-tow. thing. It is a traditional Because oh, yep. it's your day off for one it's, thing, right? Yep. It's a Smith family tradition. Uh one of my girlfriends started following me and my dad. They talk about like medical stuff. It's pretty cute. <laughs>
1: medical stuff, and you're a comedian yep. that also happens to work in a music store. Yep, I work yeah. in a music store. I work at Pumper's. Poplar's yeah. Music. Yeah, so, you know, give, give them the free plug right now while you can.
3: Yeah, they're not paying me to plug them, but... Okay,
1: so... They should be. Moving on. <laughs> Alright, what got you into comedy?
3: Well, I was, uh... I always loved making people laugh. Yeah. So... Uh... When I went to college, I thought I'd try, you know, just doing some... Oh, I, I, I saw a bunch of edgelords on the internet and I was like, they're trying to be funny, but I can be funnier than these guys. So I tried to be funny just for some friends and they thought I was funny, but I had no real ambition of going on stage uh-huh. until I moved back here after college. Then there's I found out there's this open mic and I was like, Oh, I might as well check it out. Right. Then I check it out and I got some, laughs, got some laughs. I got I got that high of the crowd, you know. Yes. You ever you ever been in front of a crowd and they sort of like you? Yeah. It's
1: nice. Yeah. Uh, and and when they actually like you, it's even better. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so much I mean, better when they it's... actually <laughs> like you. Now, in that uh, opening mic, did you do the same thing that I did the first time that uh, I was uh, at one? Because I, I went to a few before I actually participated in one. And, you know, I was like, nah, no. And I was like, okay, out of the 13 tonight, I think I could have been about the seventh funniest, so I might as well do it. Yeah. Did you do that in your mind at all?
3: No, uh, my first mic I went to, I just dove straight in. Okay, just I didn't, I had no idea what to expect from an open mic. There was a few, a few people were funny. Uh, I was, I was caught off guard by that. I thought there'd be some people who weren't very funny. Well, there were
1: people who weren't
3: very funny, but yeah. now did not you, as many as I was expecting.
1: Did you have bits already written? Not really, or or forming in your mind, or did I you just kind of go up and start kind of. talking?
3: I had something kind of maybe that I prepared. I don't exactly remember. I remember doing some really, really stupid one-liner jokes that I'll occasionally do, like, what's a bodybuilder's favorite streaming service? And the answer to that is Netflix. (laughs) Just some really stupid stuff.
1: Who do you admire uh, on a national, you know, big stage when it comes to comedians?
3: Comedians? I really like Trevor Noah. Oh. Oh. Trevor Noah I just absolutely crushes it. Yeah. He's just he's just funny. Like, he, he's... I don't you know, know what he are, does. There it's, are it's,
1: those type of people, aren't there? I mean, there's people yeah. that can tell a joke. There are people that uh, write great bits. And then there are some people that just up on stage, no matter what the hell they do, you're going to laugh. Yeah. And it, it it's always so fun, you know, and, and that uh, always... It pleases an old man like me because then it makes me think of you know some of the older time older style comedians and so forth
3: yeah i really like carlin too oh. he's about as old as i can think of
1: yeah and uh, he was uh he was one of the top in the craft <laughs> that man could tell a story and and you know people forget uh they they think mostly hbo specials so he could let fly with uh, any language and so forth mm-hmm. but prior to that any time he was on johnny carson and you know it had to be clean he still was amazingly funny you know yeah. it, so it wasn't that just the guy got up and told dirty jokes uh, and so forth no i mean the the man was clever for yeah. one thing what do you like to see in a local comedian such as yourself you know besides uh, getting up and just making people laugh what is the skill part that you really enjoy bringing into a, a setting
3: well, I just keep I just keep doing it. I keep chugging along. Yeah, you know, show momentum, kind of. Uh, I j- I just keep I keep going. I, I if I if a joke doesn't do very well, oh well, doesn't matter to me. Right. I'll I'll just keep going to the next one. Maybe the crowd will like the next one better. Yeah. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they continue to hate me.
1: Well, and the other thing that's funny about that, pardon the pun, uh, is the fact that uh, you know sometimes you will tell something on stage. Nothing. Two nights later, you tell the same thing. uproarious laughter. Oh yeah, yeah, I've had um, that before. And so then it makes it tough to judge, doesn't it? it has to, you know. Bit. Well, do I keep this in the set or don't I?
3: You have to keep different sets. uh I have a a, a batch of material that I like to call my standard repertoire. Mm-hmm. It's just jokes that would work that I think would work in any setting where I would need like ten minutes to pull out of my ass. Yeah, I just have. Oh, I could use this bit and this bit and that bit. Call it 10 minutes. Um, I have a similar thing for 30 minutes, except I keep messing up. I have a joke about God doing something not very good. Uh, he gives people cancer. Like, oh. Yeah, because he likes them. Oh. He wants to meet that, them. That's
1: a little dark.
3: It's very dark. Yeah. I usually lose audiences on that I one. can
1: imagine so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do you have a, a headliner set too?
3: I, I think I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have I think I can put together fifty to sixty minutes. Right. Uh usually for my headlining sets, I've I've headlines twice. Okay. And for both of those sets I like to get out my instruments because I'm a classically trained percussionist. That's right. So I bring I bring with me my little bullshit percussion instruments. Like <laughs> like the crash symbol. <laughs> you know the crash symbols. There's been wars fought over the crash True, symbols. yeah. You know what the Crusades were about? Crash symbols. Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't about Muhammad no, and Jesus. Uh, no. It was about whether you play crash cymbals going up, up or, or down. down. Oh, in, yeah. in
1: your uh, preference?
3: Oh, I'm a down guy.
1: Okay. I'm, You're I'm, down with I've it. I've got the downs, Yeah, Yeah, I can imagine that out of you. So what do you think is going to be the future of local comedy? I uh, mean, it's it's been building, it's been building. We've got the snow jam coming up again. You're going to be coming up on uh, Friday night, the 13th, yep, by Friday the way. The 13th. Hopefully a lucky night for you. Down at Bosses. Yep. Uh, but you will be competing against the guy doing trivia across the street, <sighs> you know. Watch oh, out for yeah. that. Uh, but you're going to be at bosses and tea, and uh, quite a few on that to slate for. And and this was a competition as well, isn't it?
3: Yes, it is. Yeah, it was a competition, and well, we're gonna we're gonna be tattered and broken by the end of it because we don't like to we don't like to fight each other. But true at the but at the end of the day there has to be a winner. Exactly. And it has to be me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so we're going in with confidence yeah. then. Uh do you play off of other comedians' bits
3: occasionally? Yeah. Not very often. Um if it's some if it's a bit I don't like very much, I might I might play oh. off of it. Like there's a comedian who didn't who had a bit that I didn't think was very funny. Um so I had my own bit where I took the same concept, but I was like, wait, I don't care. <laughs> People thought it was funny, so it's like, should I keep it or should I not keep it? Even though it is me directly responding to a joke mm-hmm. I don't really like.
1: Are there things happening right now in the news that, uh, or just in society that you're taking in and soaking up and going, oh, I've got something for this?
3: Um. Recently? Yeah. Hmm. Not a whole lot recently. I think the last current event thing I tried uh, was something in the Ukraine war. Uh, I had a joke about how Vladimir Putin was secretly gay. Yeah, I've
1: heard that joke. Yes, Yes. and he just (laughs) went through a bad breakup.
3: He was like, I am banning homosexuality in Russia, because if I can't have you, Dmitry, no one can. (laughs)
1: What happens, uh, because you were talking earlier about uh, you know a joke that you would tell that would lose an audience, mm-hmm. uh, when you hit that, uh, what's the immediate feeling when you've done a joke that doesn't just not fly, but it's also the fact that it was a little social hit and so forth?
3: Yeah, they just don't like it. Well, it, it, it doesn't feel good to tell a joke and then have it fall flat. That never feels great. But at the same time, it's, it's a little funny to right. yourself. You're just yeah. like... Well, I, I think
1: everything is funny, uh, you know, because we, we talk about that uh, when it comes to comedy, that it's based off tragedy quite often. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so there's uh, those things that happen. And, you know, what's been the catchphrase over the past 20 some years now, when there is a social event and somebody makes a joke and that social event isn't quite over yet. Oh, too soon? oh yeah Yeah. yeah. oh too soon too soon i was just joking bro yeah and i was thinking of that uh i i thought of a bit uh i can't even remember it now but it was earlier today and i thought oh too soon but no it was from like 25 years ago oh but i was making the joke off of the too soon part then that uh you know here's what everybody says you know just like uh you know there are so many things that to come up uh that you want to talk about and then you go hmm, do I work on that yet or do I hold off? Now, what's what's something that you definitely won't approach?
3: Something I won't approach, hmm, I've approached a lot of things. I tend to stay away from directly making fun of trans people because I, it's hard to make that funny. Mm-hmm. Now, my, my priority usually when making jokes is funny, and I have kind of a ratio of, of, of a risk-reward ratio.
1: Uh, sometimes, sometimes I come up with in a ju- this. You're a mathematician as well as a, a little bit. Okay, it's,
3: it's a bit of an it's a, more of an art than a science. Uh huh. But there are some. Sometimes I come up with jokes that you know I shouldn't say, but maybe someone else could say them, and it would be just fine.
1: I know that uh, you know uh, in the Sioux Falls community, the Sioux Empire community of comedians. You know, even going down to Sioux City and around. Uh everybody's pretty collaborative uh and so forth and, and wants to help everybody out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you all still pretty much are, are writing your own material. Yes. Uh but you'll get help from somebody that says, Hey, you know, what have you tried it in this voice? What if you switched it around personalities and, and things like that? But have, do you ever think of yourself uh as becoming, you know, maybe a, a joke writer for a show or something? I think so. Yeah,
3: I have a I have a couple of jokes that I have helped uh, other comedians around town with. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's very possible. I think I could be a joke writer for someone else. Because
1: um, I always uh, I I get such a kick of that uh, when we somebody is finally hitting the big time uh, on a on a stage, and it's like, well, who was this guy? Then you find out that, you know, he wrote for The Tonight Show or he wrote for uh, James Gordon or whomever. Uh, And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, that guy's got uh, some chutzpah then. He's got things going on. And then you kind of go back and you start researching older comedians. And sure enough, they were writing first before they got their break. So what do you think, if you can dream right now and and see yourself on a big stage, how are you going to get there?
3: Well, I think the first step is to leave Sioux Falls. Okay, that seems to be what every. Um, I I I I purchased a masterclass before. Uh, I purchased Steve C. Martin's, Martin's? masterclass, yeah. and his first step to becoming a successful comedian is GTF out of Dodge. Uh, Get out of Dodge. Am I yeah. am I allowed to cuss?
1: Uh, slightly, but slightly. Know,
3: yeah. Okay, well, if you wish, I'll, I'll just put the disclaimer on I'll, it. I'll, that put, a, I'll yeah. put a. I'll put a. I'll I'll keep a leash on it. Then. Okay, I won't I won't cuss too much. But yeah, yeah he call said the French He said get out of get out of Dodge. Right. Get out of Dodge, you buffoon. Ooh. Go to a city with people in it. Because uh, Sioux Falls is fine. Sioux Falls is a fine city, with fine people. Uh, but we 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 don't and have an a big immense amount audience. of talent. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. talent. Uh, there's I, too much talent per capita. We need more, you we just need hit more what I was thinking as population. you were talking
1: about it. It's like, you know, it's interesting because I remember uh, you know, I grew up down in Rock Rapids and drive yeah, driving up here, you know, that's what you did. Go to the big city of Sioux Falls at which time was sixty eight to eighty thousand. And you know, now we're over two hundred thousand. Uh and we've got this immense amount of talent, but yet we're not no one to enjoy any... it. Yeah. It's it's about the same amount of people that were still going to things years ago. Yeah. Where are they
3: they're they're just staying at home, and well, going on during the, the last week's snowstorm, we had
1: to, but you know
3: <laughs> even even the past few years of the pandemic making us yeah. stay home a lot more, I think some people just kind of got stuck in that
1: and and took it as an excuse to do so too,
3: yeah, and now that they don't have that excuse anymore, they they're just like, "Well, I just like it. I'm allowed to just like not you know, going out true, but which I... they are. But yeah, you, you at can't the same change the person's personality. At the same time, come see me do comedy, right. please. I want I want people to look at me when I bomb, or when I tell a great joke, when I tell the funniest joke I ever told for the first time, at some crappy bar, um, in the, in, a, in a basement with no Wi Fi,
1: <laughs> and somebody still laughed.
3: That's not the crappiest bar. If no. they've got comedy, then they're not the crappiest bar, right? I
1: yeah. should
3: say that. No. Because you know. I want more bars to do comedy. So yeah, that I have and, and more I will, stage
1: time. I will tell you the crappiest bar after we're, we're finished uh, conversing today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One that actually smells like urine. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it's located near Falls Park.
3: Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I know this bar.
1: Well, their icon is something that's up in the sky at night. Oh. Yeah. And it's the opposite of gold. It's, yeah.
3: Uh, silver?
1: Oh. You're you're catching on. Silver and gold. Uh Silver Moon. Oh. Man. Oh. I've never been there. Oh. I always I like Huron have... you said. It, yes, it does. Yeah. The uh, town
3: of Urine, South Dakota.
1: See, you're with me on that too, because I've always said the only thing that Huron rhymes with is Urine.
3: I've been to Huron. Uh it seems to me like it's it feels like the town God forgot, you know. <laughs>
1: I performed up there a, a couple of summers. Oh, how was it? Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know, uh, one of those uh, Wednesday night type of uh, band shell things. Uh, and what? Well, that's you know, good, decent and uh, the pay was okay. So
3: that's good. I yeah. kind of like, I kind of like playing in small towns, small town shows are the best in my opinion, because they got, they're all out. They're all there. Everyone in town is there to see you and Well, if you're doing a good job, then they really love you. And if you're not
1: doing a good job, then I hope you have a good accelerator (laughs) on your car. What's the smallest uh, performance you've ever had in terms of attendance?
3: I'd have to say there's a show I did with Zach Dresch up in Goodwin, South Dakota. It's just this small shack outside of Watertown. Uh, We had a whopping four audience members.
1: You beat me. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I beat you? Four audience? Yes. Because Jerry Irby and I did a show just a few minutes after a tornado down in Canton, and we had six in attendance. Wow. Ooh, so you've got the record.
3: Yep, four. Wow. Four. They were great audience members. They paid attention. (laughs) They laughed at all my jokes. I think they even... They even laughed at the one where God gives kids cancer because uh-huh. he likes them. And, and I'm like, wow, it must be some kid if God wants yeah. to meet him.
1: So, uh, obviously, you you were able to tally, you know, well, four people and they all laughed. 100% show.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh,
1: one of the things I've Got loved. $10 for that show. <laughs> Recently is uh, my our our probably mutual friend, because I think you've been out there before, Spellbound Magic, Travis and I yeah yeah and uh travis and i both used to be in the magic club here in town and uh so there's a a national magician that we both love and that guy made just this really cheesy movie about being a magician called billy toppit but my favorite part of the movie because it's it's a lot of cheese but each morning all these entertainers go to the same place in las vegas for their 99-cent type breakfast and so forth well, the, the one um, waitress is always asking about their shows and so forth. And so she'll say, well, how'd your show go last night? And he says, were you there? No. Killed. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if, if nobody else was there, you can always say killed. Exactly. Yeah. How was your show? Killed. Killed. Only six, but
3: all of them liked it. I will say that audience of four was a better show than... There was this one time I had a show down in T with the big room and bosses? It was it was a full room, and I I you could have swore they attended a funeral before. Wow! Because they didn't laugh at anything. Ooh!
1: They didn't laugh at that. Would be a tough one.
3: They didn't laugh at me. They didn't laugh at Preston, who was featuring. Yeah. And they didn't even really laugh at the headliner. Ooh! Wow! Yeah, it was rough. Ooh,
1: I, uh, what was it? A certain convention that was going on or I anything? No. <laughs>
3: it was back in November. I don't know. I I'll have to get the calendar out see if there's some wow. sort of like. Morticians convention going on. <laughs>
1: actually, I've partied with morticians. Uh, they're quite the opposite. They're actually,
3: quite the. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I can believe that they're yeah, fun they, people. They let loose. Yeah.
1: So when you have a show where you're performing in front of four people, then because you say it went well. Yeah. Do you find yourself going, ah, what the hell? I'm going for it. I'm just letting it all out.
3: Yeah. If those four people showed up to my show, they're and they paid to be right. there. They're getting my show. Yeah. They're, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give them the paid experience. You know. Right. They're gonna get their money's worth. I'm not gonna waste their money.
1: All right. So what's what's a biggest uh, crowd or biggest venue?
3: I think the biggest crowd I've had is probably the Bosses and Tea. Mm-hmm. It's a big
1: room. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
3: yeah. And I've had that room full. And that was for the clean show, the the clean jokes with regular folks. There so some trio right. out Recall of Colorado. Those. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I ho- I hosted for that show, and they they loved. That was a big room. They were very well behaved. Uh, It was really nice.
1: What do you explain to people that don't know much about comedy about the difference between hosting, opening, feature, and headline? Well, the
3: host uh, is basically the MC. Mm -hmm. They'll maybe get five or ten minutes, and they're just kind of they're there to keep the show going. They're the um, they're the lubricant in the in the show. I'm Uh, glad you
1: didn't say glue.
3: Glue, no, yeah, they keep it moving, right? Yeah, yeah. glue would some hosts Clawing are that. like glue, and <laughs> well, I am not big on her anyway. Uh, opening or feet, I guess you could call it featuring too. Featuring and opening, opening, featuring. I use them interchangeably, but okay, the feature set is usually somewhere like 20 to 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and they kind of get the, the they're like an extra com- comedian, right. Because it's hard to watch someone talk for an hour, and it's even harder to watch them talk for an hour and a half. So it's nice to have someone else with that extra half hour because generally these shows are 90 minutes. There's usually the host, 10 minutes, the feature, 20 to 30 minutes, and then the headliner is usually 45 to an hour, Mm -hmm. depending on how the crowd is feeling usually.
1: Have you had that experience for yourself where you've been on a roll And uh, you weren't the headliner, and you could have kept going, and you had them? Usually
3: in open mics, I get that. Mm -hmm. Like monks, a lot of times, they really liked me down at monks for some reason. I don't know. Um, A lot of times, I'd think, oh, man, you guys have probably had enough of me. And then I'd hear a table go, no, we haven't. Say more jokes. (laughs) I was like, okay, are you sure? Are you sure you want me to do that?
1: <laughs> what can we expect Friday night uh, at the bosses?
3: You can expect to laugh a lot.
1: How many comedians total?
3: I think there's twelve. Okay, I'll so I counted the pictures right. The, yeah. I'll have to look at the poster yeah. again, but I think it is twelve.
1: Um so on a night like that, uh, red lights.
3: Um, I think there's a they're they're gonna light us somewhere. Okay. Yeah. I think if we go over time we'll probably be disqualified.
1: Mm. Yeah. But uh so on a night like that where it's a competition, they got that many, what are we looking at? A ten minute set maybe or
3: I think it's gonna be like seven to eight minutes sets. Seven to eight, so okay. So, just because if it's t- if it's ten minute sets for everyone, that's gonna be that's that's a long that's, night. That's that a, by itself is two, two hours, hours. Right. And then there's a host who's none of these twelve comedians competing. Mm-hmm. Plus also last year's winner. So this is already more than a two-hour show. Oh, yeah. All if, right. it, if it's at 10 minutes. Well, so we yeah. did seven to you eight know,
1: minutes. If, if trivia finishes early, I'll I'll hop across the street and see you. Uh Yeah.
3: Trivia on a Friday night?
1: Yeah, f- a Friday the 13th. Oh. Yeah, at the uh, Sky in T. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so I'll be hosting that. You'll be over there in, in the big room uh mm-hmm. and uh, so i will make my way if i can make my part go fast
3: maybe you'll be able to make it to my set
1: i would love to i, w- I would yeah. uh, enjoy taking that in I- i've seen you oh probably a dozen times and have always enjoyed it so uh, always look forward to seeing you not to just uh, on stage but also uh, you know there are some other things what we end up being at at the same time yeah uh, you being a mascot for a certain late-night show absolutely me being a recurring old fart for a mascot show absolutely yeah and uh, so that's a, a fun thing uh, but uh, also uh, Poplar's music, you know, you, you said yeah. they're not paying you to, uh, you know, pump them up here. just talk about, uh, in because uh, obviously that uh, started because you are a percussionist.
3: Yep, I'm a classically trained musician. I went to USD, mm-hmm. got my degree there, and I needed a job after college. So I was like, oh, I guess I could work at a music store. And it's, and I do work, I do use a lot of what I learned in college, right. a lot of music history, a lot of music theory knowledge. Uh, sometimes people come in and they ask me, "Hey, what is that? What's that note?" And I'll tell them, "Oh, that's an E flat." And they're like, "Oh, how do you know that's an E flat?"
1: I'll be like, "Because it's it's because I went to school. <laughs> I paid thousands to know it's an E flat." Yeah. Uh, so be- behind you. Oh. Uh, I think uh, well, there's a tambourine, there's a shaker egg, and there's a couple Christmas little thingies. Pick one up. Okay. Yeah, and we want to yeah i i want to hear what uh off you know just to uh, improv right now but you're a stand-up guy but uh just to uh, take that since it is a percussion instrument yep. let's hear it it is it's
3: a stick of jingle bells and i was actually the top jingle bell player at usd Oh, so, oh so, excellent yeah. it's in your realm yeah they had me play the jingle bells for sleigh ride which oh, uh, they, love needed that a, tune. they needed a steady eighth <laughs> note. Oh, so see, you have to get, you have to hit there, it very
1: suggestively. Yes. See, because most people pick that up and just shake it.
3: Yeah, they don't. They don't no, get they it. don't no. do it right. Now I know. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to hit it like this. Yeah, very suggestively. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, we're not on video, so you can't see it, but you can let your imagination take, imagination take over. All right. The ones who know what suggestively le- <laughs> means, they'll know what it means. Exactly. Uh, Ian Ryland Smith, when you are not on stage, not percussioning or anything, what do you like to be entertained by?
3: Entertained by? Um, I play this video game called Stellaris. It's, uh, it's, you're an empire in space, and you can be good aliens, mm-hmm. you can be bad aliens, you can be robots you can be good robots you can be bad robots you can be a hive mind you can be all sorts of things and i i like i like the sci-fi and the space battles and i like managing economies you know cuz some real nerd stuff you know managing economies internal politics external politics and
1: and how many hours uh, an evening
3: an evening I've had I've been really busy lately, so I haven't been able to really play Stellaris very much. Okay,
1: so it's not one of those uh, addictions where you know you've missed a couple of days work or anything. No, I okay. haven't done that. Not <laughs> yet, anyways.
3: <laughs> Maybe someday. All right, I'm tempted. Uh, any hobbies? Hobbies? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the the okay was kind okay. of uh, yeah. it's kind of a hobby. Quite, quite um, often that
1: takes over when we ask the entertainment question. I
3: have been. Tr- I am writing uh novel oh i sort of it's a sci-fi thing okay uh based on my still on my Stellaris game it? i used to play the Stellaris a lot more but now i've just been so busy lately with life yeah i got a life um i go outside and i um hang out with a bunch of beautiful women Instead of playing video games. So I guess I I didn't think they were mutually exclusive, but it turns out they are. Oh yeah. Fellas, if you're listening to this, put down the controller and ask her out. (laughs) You're not gonna you're not gonna get a date playing Call of Duty. She doesn't care what your KD ratio is. Oh, she cares what your credit funny score is. to the end
1: today even all right ian thank you so much appreciate your time oh thanks for having me yeah pleasure to have you here and we will be back to wrap up the dave holly hour in just a moment helping
4: women feel empowered and confident is what posh boutique at the bridges at 57th does while supplying high quality clothing that fits your lifestyle personality and price point whether you want comfy and cozy casual attire or something for a special occasion Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th.
1: Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair oh and guys it's okay to treat yourself too quality nails call for an appointment 605-334-1463
0: from the dipsy doodle studios at the world headquarters of big d entertainment a 40 square foot home studio in the middle of america it's dave holly Thanks again to those great guests, Danica Michaels
1: and Ian Ryland-Smith. And of course, thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, following in social media and your overall support of this show. Now, if you haven't done so, so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, which automatically gets you entered for Pizza with a Podcaster. For all 162 episodes, simply go online, DaveHollyHour.com. You'll find it all there. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in
0: your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat's Entertainment, and Sunny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook, and you'll be automatically entered in our Pizza with a Podcaster contest. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment.
1: Thanks for listening.